1: Today, I'm joined by Jessica Skelsey, who is the Chief Commercial Officer at the Zebra, or the Zebra for our US listeners, who are an insure tech business based in the States. And Jessica joined me on the line from Austin, Texas this morning. Welcome to the show, Jessica.
0: Thank you. Thanks for having me.
1: Jessica, it's a real pleasure to have you on today. Really looking forward to hearing more about, I'm going to call it the Zebra, being, being British. Looking forward to hearing more about the Zebra today. Jessica, before we do that, could I ask you to share with our listeners a little bit more about your background and what led you to joining the business?
0: Yeah, sure. So I've been at the Zebra for or Zebra <laughs> <laughs> for just over five years, and um, before that, I worked with insurance carriers at um, an aggregator called Underground Elephant for just over three. Been in the space for about eight years. For that, I worked at UBS, Union Bank of Switzerland, and I was a financial advisor for a short period of time, decided that wasn't for me, but I, I did graduate with a finance degree. I've always been kind of a financial mindset leader, data-driven. So it definitely helped with the foundation going into insurance. But yeah, started out working for an insurance aggregator. That's where I established all my relationships with a lot of the big insurance carriers in the the U.S. and then actually got the job with the Zebra. Uh, They were a client of mine and they were looking for someone to bring on all the insurance carriers to their platform. And I was you know, intrigued by the opportunity. It was very early stage. The company was uh, just around 35 employees at the time. So it was definitely a big leap and a big risk. But I felt like, you know, I don't have anything to lose. I'm young. I'll give it a shot and uh, joined and haven't looked back since. So it's been a really exciting journey being a part of the team for five years and seeing the insane growth that we've seen.
1: Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. It sounds like a very great vision that you took there. And um, I'm sure at the time it must have seemed like a, a monumental step for you in, in your career, but I'm glad to hear everything's paid off and business is going well. Before we talk more about, I'm going to call it the zebra, actually, as I think that's the way it's going to go today. Before we talk more about the company, yes, and as we are in the insurance coffee house, what's your go-to coffee of choice in the morning, Jessica?
0: So I go back and forth. I We have an espresso machine. So I use an espresso every day and sometimes I'll just do an espresso or yeah. I'll do a cappuccino, with a little bit of cinnamon in the milk. Rarely sugar, sometimes but I feel like I need it, but yeah, that's how I start my day every day. Yeah,
1: good. We're big time Nespresso drinkers as well. Actually, so <laughs> if they are listening today, we'll both welcome yeah some free pods or some free coffee machines. <laughs> for the yeah. plus. thanks, Jessica.
0: What's your What's your uh, coffee of choice in the morning? Ah, uh,
1: it's Arpeggio. Arpeggio one of the one of the shots from Nespresso. I don't know. Okay. If you know I don't know if they call them the same names out there in the in the states. Or mm-hmm. in the
0: I'll have to look that one up. I haven't heard of it.
1: Dark purple.
0: Mm. Dark purple. Oh yeah,
1: yeah. Very yeah. strong.
0: See, yeah, I go for yeah. the lighter colors, like the yellow or yeah. the light brown. Those yeah,
1: yeah, <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, it's the the darker, the darker, the stronger. I think so. <laughs> Jessica, if we could start off by talking a little bit more about the zebra, what the company does and where the business is at, at the moment.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So we're the largest insurance comparison platform in the US. We're not we haven't expanded into other countries yet, but that has been a topic of conversation for future. And where we are today, I, mean, I think as many insurance companies have have felt with the insurance landscape during COVID times and we've really had a lot of momentum and growth over the past year um, across the board. Our employees are up significantly. Our revenue is up significantly. And fundraising, which I'll share a little bit about. But uh, we're now going on about 400 employees. Just about half of those folks have come on since the start of the pandemic. So we've really had to learn how to uh, work well in a remote environment. We're still entirely remote um, but it's worked really well. We've found great online collaboration tools and things like that to help us continue the momentum digitally and uh, remotely. We offer multiple lines of insurance. So auto auto is our primary, but we do have um, our two other primary, our home and bundle experiences. We, our ultimate goal is to be kind of the one-stop shop for all insurance needs, like life insurance, pet insurance, things like that we'd like to get into over the next year. So that's where our focus is going to be. Uh, In terms of partners, we've really uh, over the during my tenure, right from day one, we didn't have any insurance care relationships, maybe we had one or two now fast forward today to today and we have um, over 100 insurance providers on our platform. And all of the major PNC players, so they've really leaned into and adopted our model. They're partners of ours. We don't kind of we don't describe ourselves as disruptors necessarily because we're not here to compete with the carriers. We're here to partner with them, and we've seen a lot of success there. We've really invested into our brand over the past year and a half. TV advertising and OTT has worked really well for us, and it's helped us to to get additional incremental user eyes that we haven't historically had. So that's been really successful for us. Our monetization and unit economics are up significantly. They're up over hundred percent year over year. And our revenue is more than doubled year over year. So it's just been crazy, uh, really exciting growth for for the company. Um, We're coming off of a series D round of 150 million in April and evaluation of a billion dollars for the zebra. So yeah, things are things are for the most part good. Of course, every company has its challenges, but um we've had a really exciting past year and a half.
1: so I'm sure a lot of people have said this. The zebra is a unicorn now.
0: Yeah, we are. We're yeah. a zebra corn.
1: Zebra
0: corn. <laughs> <laughs> we create our own Slack emoji after that.
1: Yeah, so. I bet I bet no, that's <laughs> awesome. It just sounds like you know, several years of unqualified success there and it must be a really exciting time to be at the business and to see the growth that you've already had there from being there back when there was just 35 people within the organization with linked with only one or two carriers to where you are now you know providing it must be pretty much full market access now for your customers Note know what you say there as well. You brought on 200 extra people in, during the pandemic or working remotely. And I'm sure we could probably do a whole podcast on that subject <laughs> alone and how you've got, gone about doing that. But can I just ask you on that subject, I know up until recently, you were looking to get people back into the office, but you've still got a lot of people working remotely at the moment. Probably a mm-hmm. lot of those people haven't actually met colleagues, peers face to face. How have you gone about doing that? And you know, how have you still managed to grow during this very challenging time, because there'll be a lot of people over the course of the pandemic who would see a a move, career move as quite a risk. Mm -hmm. They've got quite a stable job at the moment. So how have you found that?
0: Yeah, definitely. I think, although they call these times, right, the great resignation, people are looking for new jobs, they're looking for new ways of working and um, companies who support that flexibility. And we definitely pride ourselves on that. We've put out a policy that basically tells our employees that they can work however they want. If they want to work remotely out of their home in Austin, if they want to work hybrid, some days in the office, some days at home, if they want to work out of Colorado, there's a few states that were incorporated as a, as a business. Feel free to you know do that. I think COVID times have really allowed a lot more flexibility in terms of how we work and we're embracing that. We're not trying to fight it. Although we still do believe in that the value of human connection, right? And that's it's much easier to do when you're in person in an office and headquarters, but it doesn't mean that it's impossible to do it remotely. And so a few things that we've found that have worked really well to just keep people connected and especially to um, welcome our new employees. Our, our people team does a really good job of kind of a point in time sending them a package, right? That gives them swag and things from the zebra makes them feel instantly a part of the company. We are really thoughtful with our onboarding process. So they go through a whole orientation of the zebra, who we are, um, our history, how we make money, who our partners are, things like that. And then of course, each individual manager spends a lot of time onboarding that employee. But we use Slack, which many companies use, and that's really kind of our remote headquarters. And that's there's so much um, engagement that happens on that platform every day, you know, from individual channels that folks can join uh, that are work related, but some that are more personal that you may, you know, have topics of conversation where you're having those in the office, but you don't get to have them while you're sitting at home alone on your computer, um, it allows us to have those conversations still. So for example, we have a dog's channel or a parent's channel or people who live in certain parts of Austin channel, what's going on there. So that's really super helpful. And then we have a a new thing that we've added called, we call it donut intros. And it's an extension through Slack that basically randomly pairs you with an employee at the Zebra that you wouldn't otherwise work with. And it allows you to have kind of a water cooler chat. So um, it's actually been really fun because it's, it's great to be able to get to know folks that you wouldn't otherwise interact with. Maybe you would pass them in the hallway, but um, while we're remote, it, it allows us to get to know each other. Um, and especially the new folks to feel like they're, they're putting a face to the name for a lot of people at the company. So Uh, We've gotten a lot of really positive feedback from new hires feeling like, wow, I really was welcomed in as a part of the Zebra family, um, which I know can be really intimidating when you're thinking about joining a company remotely.
1: Yeah, absolutely. It's one of the biggest challenges, I think, for any company at the moment when they're going through large scale growth like you guys are. And it sounds like you've put in some great structure and processes there to make sure that everybody's included and welcomed on board. Jessica. Jessica. Would you mind explaining some of the benefits that you provide to your policyholders compared to what they might get if they were just to work maybe directly with one particular carrier or working through an independent agency? What is it about the Zebra that gives great benefit to policyholders?
0: Yeah, for policyholders it's choice. You know, it's we really want our consumers who come to the website to feel empowered to understand what they're buying and make the right choice for their need, right? And it's our it's our job to advise them and to help them to understand what they need, right? Because insurance isn't necessarily the most intuitive product for those who don't work in the industry. And so, you know, we've really prioritized education helping folks to really understand what they're buying before they buy it, and then making sure that they have a comprehensive list of options to choose from. And, you know, for on the carrier side, and this has always been an important topic of conversation that we have with our partners is the goal is not to spreadsheet. Um, This is a term that many carriers are have shared concerns around, which is while we we don't want to commoditize, right? We're not just putting a brand next to a price. We really want to be able to allow the customer to open the drawer on our results page and see more about the carrier that they're choosing to buy from. What additional value can they provide to the customer beyond just the price that they're offering? And we've done that um, by phone as well. So I think the differentiator for us, it's really helped us to scale and manage the relationships that we have with carriers is our agency. And we've got over a hundred folks in our agency, licensed insurance professionals who are appointed with the carriers, who understand the products that they're selling and can really make sure that the customer is making the right informed decision. And we're trying to bring that type of expertise and advice digitally. Next, we're building out a bind online product where customers can stay entirely on the zebro.com to buy auto insurance to start that we're taking all of the learnings that we have from our own individual um, agents who do that so well and figuring out how to do that digitally. So I think that's really been beneficial for consumers to feel like, okay, they're actually speaking to folks who understand and are experts uh, around insurance and not just kind of aggregating a list of results and sending them off to the carriers. We've also allowed, I think, by being distribution agnostic. So we work with, you know, captives, we work with directs and independent agent carriers. We don't have a certain preference around which one that we work with necessarily. It's given the customer the most comprehensive list of options. So if they they like State Farm's brand and what they're willing to offer the customer, we do have State Farm on our results page and the customer can go through and buy uh, with State Farm. If they like Progressive and they see the rate, they can either go to Progressive.com and buy or they can call um, our agency and we can bind that Progressive policy for them. So kind of giving them, meeting the customer where they are and letting them kind of choose the carrier they want to work with and how they want to buy.
1: Yeah, so you're meeting both of the, the customer's wants and needs there of providing that expertise and advice, but also giving them that choice and and that option, all the different options available to them. On the carrier side of things, imagine obviously it's a it's a great additional distribution channel for them. It's interesting what you say though about that spreadsheet format though. And you know, you do actually want to provide much more than just yeah, a branding and a price, something we see a lot on the comparison sites in the uk which suggests much more of a commoditization how have you gone about doing that how's that been developed during your time there
0: yeah, I think there's always room for improvement, right? There, It's not perfect yet, but we've really tried to focus. We have a whole dedicated product engineering team for our results page work. So that's, you know, actually go through it, enter in all your information needed for a quote, hit show my quotes and get to our results page. We have a dedicated team focused on kind of optimizing and personalizing that experience for the customer. Um, That could be, you know, content that we're putting in front of the customer and standardizing that making it easy for people to understand what the, you know, does this carrier offer rental car reimbursement versus this carrier beyond just kind of the premium that you're paying for the policy. And then we also use data science to personalize our results page. So we have data on this type of customer and do they typically convert with this type of carrier? And try to match it so you know we may show a rate that's really competitive for a certain customer but they ultimately don't bind for what whatever reason there are a number of reasons why we have information on that um so we can more uh, intelligently kind of pair people with policies is what yeah. we call it uh and make sure that they're not just you know buying the the lowest price they're really buying what's what's best for them and then as i mentioned i think having our our insurance experts on the phone really understanding the customer needs. We have this kind of motto in the agency called care, sell, quote, close. And we always start with care and care is really to understand the customer's needs, right? You can't just take their information in a form and give them a policy. We really need to know their current situation. And that could be Anecdotal things that they share with us that aren't necessarily used for rating, but they are used for pairing a customer with the right, the the right carrier. And so we I think we do that really well in the agency. And like I said, we're trying to figure out how do we bring that carousel quote close motto from the phone onto our digital experience.
1: It sounds like a very sophisticated operation that that exists at the moment. And no doubt as you do develop that further, I'm sure that would add an awful lot of value to your customers going forward question that i'd really like to ask you jessica is is how you do see the insurance market changing and developing over the the next few years you know particularly within those sort of personal lines that you focus on there at the zebra how how do you see things materializing and developing over the next few years
0: i think there's a lot there let's start with COVID. (laughs) um what COVID has done so as I mentioned at the start of the podcast, I think many companies have really benefited from less people being on the roads. Um, profitability numbers have looked fantastic. And we've seen a lot of carriers really leaning into trying to increase their their policy numbers. So marketing and advertising and investment into the zebra has been really um, significant over the last year and a half. Until recently, I think um, carriers are, you know, people are getting back on the roads. People are getting back to work and frequency and severity numbers are up. Profitability numbers are trending a bit down. And so I think we're seeing a necessary and kind of expected market shift in terms of how carriers are going to be spending and maybe making some rate adjustments given the, the new landscape of driving and frequency and severity. I think naturally, long term people work and live differently and they're going to continue to work and live differently because of this pandemic. And so it will be really interesting. And I'm not, you know, not exactly sure what the landscape might look like in the next few years based on this. But I think there's gonna be a lot of kind of tweaking and adjustments that have to be made because the the landscape has changed significantly. So the market's going to have to react to that. In terms of broader kind of macro shifts, I think we really focus on the digital experience and we always have, and that's really what's allowed us to significantly grow our user base because that's what customers expect, right? They, they get that in every other area of their lives. I think we've done a lot of studies, both internally and read external studies on consumer sentiment around insurance, the insurance user experience, and it's not great. I think there's a lot of opportunity for improvement for all players in the space to really invest into building a best-in-class user experience digitally. And I think that's how that's how you win, right? Um, because consumers are going to seek that out and continue to come back to those types of experiences. So we've spent a lot of our time over the last couple of years uh, working with carriers to advise them on Things that they might be able to do to reduce friction digitally, simple things like pre filling information that we've already collected on the customer. You may be surprised that some carriers haven't had the ability to prioritize that. Um, with their IT teams, making sure that, that the digital experience is just as much as a priority in terms of dev work as some of the other things that they're working on, I think is going to benefit them in the long term. So, prioritization around digital. Um, the way that we're leaning into that is allowing customers to entirely bind online through the Zebra. So not to have a disjointed experience where they come to the Zebra shop, see rates, and then they have to go to another experience to bind. We'd like them to be able to go through rate call one all the way through rate call three through one cohesive and consistent
1: experience. We still keep the door open to those people who value speaking to someone on the phone? Absolutely.
0: Yes. Yeah. And we strongly believe in that uh, and and the necessity of having an expert available by phone because insurance is always going to be complex. And there are always going to be people who have more comfort having a conversation with an expert over the phone before they buy, um, before they make a change to their policy. And we need to make sure that that's accessible. Think about like TurboTax. We want to empower the customer to be digital as much as they want to be. But we need to have uh, tools right within our UI and also chat and access by phone to, to experts to, to provide that the advice that they might need
1: um, when they need it. I think that's fantastic. I know there are businesses out there who pride themselves on putting their customers sort of front and center of everything they do. But then they're actually pushing them more and more online where some customers just don't want that. They don't appreciate that. They do appreciate that in-person experience, talking to someone, getting getting advice from someone, and so it's great to be able to cater for all different types of customers. There, Jessica, it brings us nicely on actually to our espresso round, where the questions <laughs> are short, sharp, and straight to the point. Me, you like your Nespresso in the morning, but are you ready <laughs> for espresso now?
0: Yes, I'm ready. The espresso round,
1: Jessica. <laughs> what percentage of your Current employees, the the four hundred people that you have there at the moment, what percentage of them are from a insurance background compared to a, a non insurance background?
0: It's about twenty five percent. So, and a lot of that is because of our agency, right? That's it's a requirement um, that. Well, except for the entry-level roles, which, of course, we have entry-level roles where we give them the insurance experience. If we're hiring uh, for more senior roles in the agency, we definitely look for insurance backgrounds. For the rest of the company, that's not a requirement. It's a nice to have, for sure, and I think we can always have more folks embedded into our other teams that have insurance backgrounds, but it's not a requirement for things like product and engineering to have an insurance background.
1: And for those that do have that insurance background, both within the distribution, the insurance side of the business, but also on the tech side of things, if they do have insurance experience and insurance career behind them, what sort of value can that bring to your business?
0: Well, it can add tremendous value, I think, for the folks who don't have experience in the industry they do need that kind of foundational understanding, baseline understanding to do their jobs well, you know, product folks, right? They always appreciate the expertise provided by folks that have insurance background. Um, We've actually seen people who started out as an agent, an insurance agent, for example, and moved into a researcher role or moved into a product manager role. So having that baseline understanding has really given them a leg up to provide that incremental knowledge that the the rest of that team may not have. And then I think the, the connections always help, right? We, the insurance industry is large, but the network of people that work within it is, is small. And so the well-connected folks have um, really benefited by, by bringing their connections, um, you know, on board with them as they join the zebra.
1: Um, what would you say are the types of personalities that suit, working in a business and a, and a company like the zebra.
0: I think we have a divert, you know, you don't have to be a certain type of person to be successful at the zebra. Right. But there are certain types of personalities that I, you know, if I think back on some of the folks who have moved from an individual contributor role to a position of leadership, what qualities have we seen in them? Obviously number one is the ability to collaborate um, An influence, right? Especially when we're trying to move as quickly as we are as a company, you can't come in thinking that you can do it all yourself. You have to build relationships with your team and um, be able to influence and collaborate well with them. So that's definitely key. I think being able to move quickly and embracing innovation, being comfortable taking risks, mm-hmm. right? I, we definitely encourage that. We have guardrails around it, of course, but Folks that come in and have a desire to change things and do things differently and do things quickly and innovative definitely do well. And then finally, I would say, you know, communicating openly and having, you know, those difficult conversations sometimes is important, right? The radical candor we've talked a lot about at, at the leadership level. We do need to make sure that things are all out on the table when we're discussing um, ideas that we want to bring to the table or ways of working or, you know, operational, you know, roadblocks that we may be experiencing. I think it's really important that folks can come in and speak openly with their peers about ways to improve the business and, and the organization.
1: What would you say are the opportunities that you can provide there to high-performing individuals who who come and join the company?
0: Yeah, I would say, um, like I said, we've seen a number of folks move from individual contributor all the way up to VP position. So it's definitely possible coming in, obviously, at, at a team of 400. It's not something that happens like that, right? But there's definitely opportunity to come in, work hard prove your value make people know who you are and and what you're what you're doing for the business and, and be be able to grow naturally into a position of leadership so we definitely invest in, into promotions from within and we've done that on a number of different occasions and teams we have dedicated uh, promotion review processes which is really a thoughtful way of us making sure that, we're always considering folks that should be promoted. So encouraging managers to be thinking about that with their team, having the conversations with their leaders and bringing that to the executive team for us to have a review. So the executive team does a full review of all folks that are being advocated to be promoted and we do quarterly promotions. So that's definitely an important part of our process. And then, as I mentioned, moving people, we call it remote talent. So maybe someone starts out as an insurance agent, but they're really interested in product management, helping them to achieve that goal. And you know whether that be having a mentor-mentee relationship with someone on that team to ultimately actually joining the team. Uh, we've we've seen things like that moving into a researcher role or a product manager role, account manager role. Specifically on my team, we have a lot of folks move from being licensed experts to actually managing the relationships with carriers. Tons of opportunity to move into different
1: roles if 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 folks have interest in that. Awesome. Yeah, it sounds like there's a lot of great opportunities for people. Then it's just great to hear those examples of those people who have been promoted really quickly and are now in very senior positions and have, have got great opportunity there flipping things over slightly Desky, I know obviously extremely technology driven business whilst also working within insurance do you find there's ever any either conflict or do you ever find there's anything lacking from the insurance sector when you're looking to recruit people into roles is there any sort of skills lacking or any experience that you're not quite seeing how do you see that when you're recruiting people out of the insurance industry?
0: Yeah, I would say there are a few things that we specifically look out for because it's harder to find when you're recruiting from the insurance industry. I think the the number we, we just uh, hired our, for our VP of insurance and the number one thing we were looking for there was someone who is able to build a strategy for a large team that's centered around the user. So because the zebra is so user focused, right, and we talk a lot about that as a company, Hiring someone from the industry to come in and build a strategy from start to finish, from when the customer picks up the phone, to sitting on hold, to speaking with an insurance agent, to um, having a life event to where we would want to connect with them and they know that the zebra's there as their advisor, right? Like really focusing on that consistent um, user experience and, and building a strategy and team around it was super important for us and, and a bit difficult to find because historically, while it doesn't mean that they don't care about the user, it's not necessarily at the forefront of their strategy and, and how they approach um, structuring their team. So that one's really important, data-driven decision-making, right? I think in the insurance industry and especially partnering with many different companies, having disjointed data is makes it challenging. And so someone who Comes in with a desire to make it accessible and um, easier to make decisions off of is really important. In terms of tools of collaboration, I think we've I've seen opportunity for improvement, or I think where someone could prepare themselves for joining an ensure tech is learning how to use the tools that a tech company uses. So things like Slack and Jira and Confluence, Google. Google Doc, right? The Google Suite. So Google Docs, Google PowerPoints, things like that. We don't use stale documents, right? We don't really use Excel spreadsheets except for in our finance department. We don't use PowerPoint because we're constantly collaborating, making updates and things like that. So for someone to have familiarity with those tools, I think it's definitely um, an opportunity to give them a leg up. And I think the, the last kind of recruiting challenge for us is... Dedicated local groups for the insurance space. So, you know, we've got groups within engineering, like women in engineering or Black women in engineering, for example. Are, are both groups that we actually actively recruit from within engineering. But being able to find those types of groups for uh, insurance is 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 more challenging. It's not necessarily readily accessible locally or kind of across the U.S. So, there's definitely opportunity there.
1: Yeah, fantastic. And I know you touched on it there already about using some of those tools, embracing some of that technology that smaller tech focused businesses use in their day to day as opposed to some of those sort of mainstream tools that larger organizations use. Get yourself familiar with those before you join a business like yours. What other advice would you have to someone who's looking to to make that leap of faith from insurance company to an insurtech? What advice would you have for someone? What should they be doing right now to prepare for that?
0: Yeah, I would say it's never too late to start building that muscle of leading the team to be focused around the user. Um, You know, I think most companies are that see success um, have really prioritized the product experience, right? And what does that mean for the customer? So you know, really focusing on delivering amazing experiences for that and coming prepared with use cases that have worked for the customer, I think would be really impressive to a team that's, so, that's always so focused on that. Getting just familiar with the insure tech space, right? Be able to speak the language, know who the major players are, Really um, being able to speak to what you've observed, where there are opportunities, I think we're really leveraging, um, like I said, our VP of insurance to come in and tell us, we call it the holes in the bucket. What are we not thinking about um, from an insurance perspective that we should be thinking about? So I think that's a great opportunity to to come in and provide that expertise that, that many folks have coming from the space. And then like, yeah, being prepared to collaborate on things like Slack and and the Google suite. Uh, We've definitely seen some stumbling there as folks join the team. And then just excited and and ready to embrace um, moving quickly and taking risks. I think uh, coming with an open mind and not necessarily a clean slate, but not being too hung up on the way things have always been done or, or the, the way that they've gotten used to working with um, other teams. I think coming in with that open mind, it will definitely benefit them to, to do well in a new working environment.
1: So come in with an open mind and, and start that preparation early. Thanks, Jessica. That's fantastic. We've always reached the end of our time today in the insurance coffeehouse. can't believe how quickly the, the time has flown, do you have one piece of closing advice for our listeners and how would they go about reaching out to you after the show?
0: Yeah. Don't lose sight of how important building relationships are. I think that, you know, that's especially working in a remote environment. You never know what that relationship might do for you years down the road and I, you know, I always give this advice to maybe folks that are newer in the industry. So maybe for the audience here, they're like, tell me something I didn't know. But I do think it's really important to always make sure that you're investing into the relationships around you, because especially in the insurance industry and, and how small it is, you never know what type of opportunity could pop up and when you might be thought of to be a good oppor- a good person to fill that role. So I've always focused on that. And I think it's really
1: helped me to continue to move up in my career you say on that on that point i think that's that's always been the case within the insurance industry absolutely but that's becoming more uh, the tech community as more and more people join from the traditional insurance market there's certainly a community there that crosses over between insurance and technologies and mm-hmm. yeah, the insurtech space the networking opportunities the collaboration opportunities partnership opportunities between different techs, working with the same types of customers i think the the opportunity are endless and Having those relationships, I think, is just as important as ever, actually.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. So
1: fantastic. Fantastic. Jessica, thank you so much for your time today. It's been a real privilege to have you on the show. I know you've been a guest that we wanted to get on for quite a while. So thanks so much for joining us today. I hope you've enjoyed it.
0: Yeah, I had a great time. Thanks for thinking of me and seeking me out to join the podcast. I, I hope that I was able to provide some. Some good advice to folks for those who are interested in getting involved with an insured tech and definitely available via LinkedIn and for anyone who wants to reach out and connect. I'm
1: I'd love to connect with more folks. So thanks for having me. Yeah, thanks for that just that's brilliant. Really appreciate it. Thank you so much. To all the insurance and insured tech leaders out there, wherever you are listening around the world today, we thank you for tuning in. And I'm sure you would have gained a lot of valuable insights and learning from our guests today. If you did enjoy the show, please remember to download and subscribe to the pod to receive each one of our episodes directly into your app each week. And if you'd like to be a guest on the show or would like to learn more about the competitive advantage that podcasts can give to your business when attracting talent, please reach out to us at insurance-search.com or drop us a message on LinkedIn. Until next time, I've been Nick Hoadley. This has been the Insurance Coffeehouse Global Insure Tech Series. Take care.
0: You've been listening to the Insurance Coffee House with Nick Hoadley. Join us next time to hear more insights and inspiring success stories to help you become a better insurance business leader. Available to download or subscribe now.